Welcome everybody to another episode, episode actually number 83 of Tate's Take, where basketball lives. As you know, uh, be sure to go and uh, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast Tate's Take. We like to call it the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and of course the most informational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. Follow along um, on social media at Tate's Take Hoops, again, where basketball lives and huge news coming down on today uh, with um, with the current head coach of the Duke Blue Devils and Coach K deciding to uh, announce his retirement at the end of next season. So I want to dip into a little bit of that, but not before I get a chance to bring on a good friend of mine who's done such a good job at making, making himself so flexible with just the one simple telephone call or text message and Senna, he'd be delighted to come on, and I'm always thankful and grateful that you have a choice, a chance, rather, uh, to do this and making yourself available for me. Mike DeCourcy, columnist, studio analyst, and bracket expert from Fox Sports, BTN, uh, Sporting News, a man that wears many hats. Follow him on Twitter at TSN Mike. Mike DeCourcy, thanks for joining me. How are you? Always a pleasure, Deshaun. It's great to see you. You as well. And now we're going to, I guess, go from one mic over to the other mic with the uh, <laughs> news that have just uh, come down recently where uh, Duke head coach Mike Krzyzewski uh, to retire following the 2021-22 season. Let me ask you this first, Mike. Um, how surprised were you by this news? And I guess a combination of that and um, uh what was just your initial reaction to hearing it? Well, you know, I had a conversation with Mike and I don't remember, I should look it up. Uh, I wrote an article about it uh, several years ago, uh, probably three, four years ago, where we sat and talked about his plans for the future. And, and he seemed so far removed from the idea at that point of retiring that I resolved myself never really to broach the subject again. And one of the things that convinced me that he was in it for as long as he felt comfortable doing it was that, you know, Mike doesn't have a ton of hobbies. He's not a big golfer. Uh, he, you know, he's not a hunter or whatever fisher like a uh, uh, fisherman, like, like Mark few is, uh, you know, Roy is big into golf, like to go on golf trips with his buddies. Mike's never really been into all that stuff. Mike loves his family and, and all these other coaches love their families too. But, you know, that was, that was kind of always Mike's hobby. Mike's, you know, Mike's job and, and love was basketball. And then his, you know, hobby and love was spending time with his family and doing things, things with his family. And he worked his family so deeply into both Duke and the Emily K center, the, uh, the uh, organization, the charitable organization that he uh, is sponsoring uh, at, with with his foundation. And so they were all wrapped through that. And, and obviously Mickey, his wife, uh, you know, Duke's number one fan. And so I, I, I honestly thought that he would do this for as long as he was comfortable doing it. And I think probably what brought this about was the pandemic made, it was difficult for everybody. I don't think other than maybe Baylor, I don't think anybody had a, a lot of fun in, in basketball in the 2021 season. I know they all had more fun than they would have if they were all sitting on their hands for a year, but this was not a season that anybody would have wanted. And, and most of all, Mike, uh, and because they, they were unsuccessful. Uh, and so there was that. And then obviously the way the game is, is changing 
uh, with the transfer, not not the transfer portal, but with the transfer exception. Uh, people use the portal uh, and blame the portal. The portal was a necessary step in the evolution of college sports. So the idea that you had to go to your coach to get approval for where you wanted to transfer. I still remember a story I covered when Kevin Stallings was head coach at Vanderbilt and, and a young man named Sheldon Jeter wanted to leave there and, and made it very clear he wanted to transfer home. Uh, and, and, uh, and even in the release where they said, you know, Sheldon's transferring and he's probably going home. Well, I mean, if he met, went home, it was either Pitt, Duquesne, or Robert Morris. So when he could pit, all of a sudden, no, you can't go there. Uh, what do you mean I can't go? No, you can't go there. So Sheldon had to spend a year at a junior college in order to be able to transfer to Pitt. I mean, it was ridiculous. So the transfer portal is great. That kind of garbage doesn't happen anymore, can't happen anymore. But the immediate eligibility, which has led to so many players leaving and so many play at different schools, and so I think we have 1,600 players transferring now. I mean, that's mm -hmm. basically one of every three guys. It used to be one of every three guys would transfer in their career. Now it's one of every three guys this year. So I think that that probably as well uh, led Mike to believe that there was, that, that, that if, as he approaches his 75th birthday, probably time to let other people do this. Sure, sure. And I don't think that it's much of a secret either, not saying that this has much to do with it, uh, but also adding the fact that, uh, there has been some health scares from time to time on the sidelines, different things like that as well that we've seen leading up to this point uh, on multiple times. Now, I did see something that uh, I know that the people can find on Twitter and feel more than uh, free to direct the people where they need to go outside of on Twitter to where uh, we do see now knowing who the replacement will be. I guess John Shire, an assistant coach, will be in line next to um, – to take over that job from Coach K, I can only imagine the kind of uh, pressure that he is under, much like um, uh, uh, much like the uh, head coach uh, over at, at North Carolina now as well. But with saying that, you're kind of informing the people a little bit as to getting familiarized with who John Shire is without giving it all away. Uh, and of course, directing the people to where they can find that at. Uh, what does that kind of entail a little bit when they go and read that in terms of who John Shire is? Just a little bit of a tease. Well, it, it was the, the article was written, uh, the article about John that we have on SportingNews.com uh, that I retweeted a little while uh, or before we started the tape uh, was uh, written by a young man, man named Edward Sudlin. Uh, so it's not my article. So I can tell you what I know about John, which is that he was a tremendous high school basketball player. Uh, at uh, Glenbrook North in uh, the Chicago suburbs, just a you know an absolute star. And then he went to Duke and had a wonderful career that was capped off by a national championship in 2010. And and he was uh, he was an integral part of that team. They did not have a true point guard on that team, and John was not a true point guard, but he played the position that Blue Devils team well enough that they were able to win a national championship. And he was a first team All-American. And he uh, would have had a, probably, he might even still be balling if uh, he had not had in summer league a, a really tragic injury. Uh, uh, he got hit in the eye uh, by accident uh, playing in the summer league game. And that basically uh, ruined his playing career. I think he still tried to go a little bit, but it never quite flew. 
And so then he became an assistant coach on Mike's staff. I think he worked his way up from there. Uh, but the reality is he was a good enough player that he might still be playing, uh, it, 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 making, you know, six figures, something like that, playing, who knows, Spain, Italy, uh, wherever he would have had, he would definitely have had a, a long uh, for, international career and might even have been able to play in the NBA as well uh, with, with the, uh, the, 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 Escalation of the importance of shooting over the last decade or so. Uh, he was a very good uh, outside shooter at Duke. So who knows? But anyway, so that's how it worked out for him. That eye injury led him to become uh, Duke's uh, eventually an assistant coach. And he worked his way up the benches. Uh, people like uh, Chris Collins and Steve Wojciechowski got other head coaching jobs. And Jeff Capel got the pit job. John continued to ascend. Uh, and he, you know, he learned a lot about Mike from playing for him and from working for him, uh, learned a lot about Mike's success and, and what makes it work. And now, uh, he's got the opportunity to succeed Mike. And it's, you know, it's a significant challenge. Uh, these, these things rarely go well. I mean, and when I say that, I'm not saying, I don't think John can do it or anything like that. I'm just saying the history has shown that it, it rarely goes well. And I don't mean necessarily the guy sliding over, I just mean anybody that replaces a legendary superstar coach. I mean, uh, Gene Bartow made the final four uh, after he took over for John Wooden, uh, but only was happy there two years and left. Uh, Bob Knight, Mike Davis made the national championship game in 2002. It was his second year on the job. And by 2005, he was gone. Uh, it, he was, you know, resigned he resigned technically, but I don't think that that's, you know, exactly how it played out. Uh, I think there was a lot of pressure on him to make a decision about his future. And, and if he hadn't made that decision, it might have gone, you know, the other way. And he chose to go ahead and do it that way. Uh, you look all around and uh, even in North Carolina, Bill Guthridge made two final fours in three years, but they weren't great seasons and he did not recruit very well. So then after he decided to retire, Matt Doherty takes over and things get uh, really bad in 2001-02 and they go 8-20 and 20 and then he can never recover from that. So it's not easy to do this. So what he is trying to do, what Hubert Davis will try to do at North Carolina, very challenging. Uh, and also, to be, to be fair, fair, very lucrative. And so sure. worth uh, the experience of trying to be that guy, uh, trying to be the guy that follows the guy. In, in college football, um, it didn't work for Bear Bryant's successor. Joe Paterno's successor did a very nice job. Bill O'Brien was able to turn it, uh, his, his, his stay at Penn State into an NFL head coaching job. Uh, so that, that's your example that it can work. Uh, and so we'll see whether or not John can have that kind of success. What I want to do real quick in uh, the next 60 seconds, as we've got Mike DeCourcy here, columnist, studio analyst, and bracket expert joining us here for episode number 83 here in the locker room, is to welcome uh, welcome my guy, Mike DeCourcy, to our quick release segment. Of course, got to get this part out of the way. Make sure the bills are paid. Sponsored by Exotics by Curtis Smith. Look good, feel good, play great. Exoticsproducts.com. Make sure uh, at the uh, checkout, you go to the uh, discount code, put in takes, take, get your 15% off, 110% all natural products, no chemicals added. Let me start with this first. Um, Mike, in, in, for the next couple minutes, 
My first question, what direction are we heading in in college basketball, in your uh, opinion, considering everything that has transpired over, I don't know, let's just say the last year or two? Well, everything over the next five years will be different than it's been before. And that goes from what I talked about before with the immediate eligibility for transfers. Uh, name, image, and likeness is coming. It's not coming fast enough for the people who are constantly constantly complaining that it's not here, but it's coming. Uh, it, it, I can't tell you exactly when, but I think it will be in place by the by the time John Shire is a head coach uh, or coaches his first game, I should say. I think it will be in place by then. Uh, and so everything will change. Uh, hopefully we won't have too much more conference realignment because goodness knows we need some other things to settle down in this business. But I think those two elements will dramatically change the way college basketball works. And I, I think that we may see the whole immediate eligibility transfer contagion settle down. This, this 1600 uh, is, it, it's a, you know, it's a, a striking figure, but it also is somewhat the product of the bonus year of eligibility that college players received because this past year was an ideal year. And so the NCAA rightfully said, okay, we'll, we'll give you another year. Well, that has an impact. And, and for a lot of players and more players than I honestly anticipated, uh, a lot of players, it's, hey, why don't I just go try something different? I mean, I've done this four years. They're giving me another year. Let's go do something different. A lot of guys are doing that. And that's having an impact on that 1600. For the small sample size of time that we had uh, between the announcement coming down about Coach K's retirement and uh, John Shire, so I guess officially now, uh, being named the head coach to follow Coach K, was there anybody that you may have had in mind to say, okay, let's process this thing? Who's going to be the next guy up? What names were maybe, if any at all, were kind of going through your mind that seemed like they were maybe the most ideal or that you could realistically see happening? Well, you know, I, for years, Brad Stevens has been imagined as Mike's successor. But it, it's so funny because, like, literally that day, uh, he he gets promoted to president of the Boston Celtics. So I don't think that, you know, although, you know, it came in, it came into my mind how funny it was that he – was promoted on the same day and, and obviously three, four, five hours earlier than, than Mike's announcement. Uh, it came, that came into my mind, but uh, uh, you, 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 knew, you knew it was going to be a Duke person. And right now, um, other than Bob Hurley, who did not have a great year this past year, there aren't any current Duke uh, alums who are having great college success. Uh, even Mike Bray, who uh, I think most would say is probably aged out of the rotation, so to speak, uh, he had a tough year too. Uh, Steve Wojciechowski just got let go at Marquette. Uh, Chris Collins has has had some tough years at at Northwestern. Jeff Capel has not been able to get the rebuilding going quite yet at Pitt. So there isn't anybody who's actually a, a sitting head coach who's an obvious choice. If you go off that. You know, if you go off that, you can come up with with some terrific names, but they wouldn't. So it really didn't add anything to, to the exercise uh, to, to go ahead and think about that. What would you say is the realistic expectations for when we do see uh, 
Duke and the product that they're going to put out on the floor, regardless of the talent or whatever else, what have you. Um, what are the realistic expectations for that program following Coach K's departure? Well, I mean, I think the realistic expectation has to be that they continue to make the NCAA tournament. And I, I, I what the problem is that it is when you're talking about realistic expectations, you're talking about somebody who's going into his first game with a zero and zero record. Now, didn't really impact negatively Jawan Howard, who went into his program with a zero and zero record. He's had a he had one very strong year that would have been even stronger if his best player wasn't injured. And then he had another year was spectacular. Uh, make the Elite Eight, win the Big Ten regular season. And again, who knows what they would have been able to accomplish without uh, COVID getting in the way from time to time. So, uh, you know, I, I think that it, a realist expectation is they continue to make the NCAA tournament on, a, on, on an annual on a annual or near annual basis. So the, the, the near annual exception being one of their best guys go, gets hurt or something like that. If they're not, it's, they're not going to be happy there unless that continues as a regular exercise. Uh, and I think the other element will have to be in order to keep Duke fans happy is that they're going to have to be able to put together the occasion deep run. And so I, I you know, it's hard to know how that will work because we don't know exactly how John will choose to run his program. I mean, mm -hmm. choose to put together a team like 2010 that he was on, which was a lot of veteran guys and some very talented guys like Kyle Singler and Nolan Smith, who were first mm -hmm. picks. Or uh, actually, Nolan was a first rounder, and and John was uh, excuse me, uh, uh, it was a second round pick uh, uh, for uh, Kyle Singler. Uh, but he could do that or he could continue to recruit the, you know, five-star McDonald's one and done guys like mm. has done lately. Uh, I, I don't know. Or he could work the transfer portal, although I don't know how Duke would feel about that. I don't know how amenable Duke will be to bringing in loads of transfers. Uh, Mike very rarely did. He had a few, but not a ton. Uh, and then of course, all of that preceded this latest uh, change in the way college basketball operates. So we never really got to see would Mike become really active in working the immediate transfers. We, it, he, you know, he's not going to be there to do that. So we'll find out whether Duke and John decide that at least to some degree, that's something that they want to do. Just two more questions for you here, Mike. The first one that being, um, do you envision, and I, hate to kind of even ask it to an extent because I'm not sure what's coming next, but do you envision in the event that we keep going in the direction that we are with college basketball and maybe in the event that some of the coaches, as it's kind of somewhat being reported or hidden, uh, not very happy with the way that some of the things are going with uh, recruiting and so forth or transfer portals or whatever, that there will be other coaches to follow what we've seen, uh, the route taken by Roy Williams and Coach K, some of these other guys that have been in the game for a while? Well, remember, they both are, pat, you know, they're both past their 70th birthday. So it's more unusual that they coach this long than that they're leaving now. Uh, and again, I, I put some of it again to the misery of coaching through the pandemic. Uh, we all had our various elements of misery during this. Yes, we did. Who were fortunate enough uh, to not become ill. Uh, everything was a little bit less fun. Uh, you know, even going to the Final Four, which is 
without a doubt, you know, my, you know, one of my favorite weekends every year, it was just not the same. Uh, so I, I think that played a role in Roy's decision to leave in Mike's decision to, to give it one more year. Uh, you know, Jim Beheim's going to retire at some point. I mean, he's older than both of those guys and he still has his two sons. Uh, so that's a factor in him wanting to continue, but you know, when Buddy finishes career, his career, will uh, Jim want to continue? I, I've always doubted that. Uh, you know, you, you've got Tom Izzo approaching his 70th birthday. Uh, it's, a, it's still a little bit away, but he's, it's, it's closer than not. Uh, and so I think eventually Tom will, will decide to move along. So we'll see. Uh, I, 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 I know all of them really love doing it. Uh, but it does require a, a greater degree of energy now than it ever has. Uh, roster management is now a daily game. And it used to be, I worry about my roster when I'm recruiting it, which of course was a daily game, but it wasn't a daily game to, uh, to, to deal with, is this guy going to stay now that I've gotten him here? Uh, that's the part of it that's really, uh, really difficult for everybody involved. Uh, when you go out recruiting now, uh, you always you, you not only have to worry about can you sign this guy, but you have to worry a little about if I sign this guy, is it going to tick off the guy who plays the same position who's already on my team? Yep. That's you know it, it gets harder and harder. So it, it, I I do not you know I, certainly the money is exorbitant and it's you know and and, and the the day to day job of actually coaching, had, you know it's still it's still rewarding for those who do it. But that idea that, you know, Joe might transfer tomorrow, uh, you know, is always going to be there on everybody's mind. And that makes it more challenging. 30 seconds here with you. Last one, uh, Mike, I promise we'll get you out of here. I've never been to Cameron Indoor Stadium. It only seems right that I get there while Coach K is still the coach there. I want to get that full uh, uh, a good feel of what it's like to be in that kind of environment, ideally for Duke in North Carolina. Give me a minimum price that you can think of of how I can get in that building for what I would imagine would be the last game uh, uh, match Whoa. for that particular matchup for Coach K. Give me wow, something. Okay, good. so the last I'm counting on it, Mike. The last Coach K Carolina game at Cameron, I think probably is. And again, we have to figure that everybody's back to normal, that the pandemic is not a factor. If that, if all those conditions are in place, I think you're looking at, at the worst seat in the house. I think you're looking at a $1,500 ticket. Oh, my goodness. Okay, wow. I'm going to have to uh, risk getting evicted here pretty soon. Mike DeCourcy, uh, columnist, studio analyst, and bracket expert for Fox Sports BTN, B Big Ten Network, of course, and Sporting News. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at TSN Mike. That is at TSN M-I-K-E. Appreciate you, Stan, for as long as you did and just making some time here on the program. Thank you so much, Mike. Always a pleasure, Deshaun. Thank you. Absolutely. No problem. And, of course, we thank uh, Mike DeCourcy for coming through and uh, gracing us with his presence, of course, as we always do. And again, as you know, you know, you never know exactly who you're going to get here on the uh, on the program as a guest. And um, 
I want to make sure I go ahead and throw this out here too, because I know we've talked about it a little bit and so forth. And uh, uh, in terms of the sponsorship, of course, exoticsproducts.com uh, is where you can go and get all of your products, give your skin, I guess, what it deserves and what it needs. Finally, uh, all 110% natural products with no chemicals added. Of course, that skin restoration, uh, replenishment, razor bumps, skin irritation, skin rescue, exfoliation soaps, uh, shave therapy, uh, wave activation for those of you who still rocking the waves and all that good stuff. Shea butter, body glaze, mask, gels, oils, sanitizers, cleansers, the whole nine. Uh, make sure that you go to exoticsproducts.com. We'll throw it up here for you guys just one more time. This stuff works. This stuff works like a champ. I see here. Here we go. Trey Young's first Adidas shoe wasn't supposed to drop for months, but he broke them out. He's going to be showing them tonight, 7 o'clock P Eastern Standard Time for those NBA playoffs. Got to get ready to get up out of here so I can go and hit the press conference, uh, pregame press, press conference, that is, Game 5 at Madison Square Garden. It's going to get crazy. I hope they got noise-canceling headphones in there for people who are uh, very sensitive to their ears in the event that you're attending the game tonight. Uh, sponsored again, Exotics by Curtis Smith. Look good, feel good, play great. Speaking of Trey Young, I got introduced to some of these uh, exotics products uh, by some of the people within the the the, the Trey Young camp and uh, family. So overly thankful and appreciative of that. My skin has felt great, uh, hasn't felt better, uh, and has just um, done some really good wonders on my skin personally. So go and check it out, exoticsproducts.com. But not before you go uh, when you hit the checkout. Hit that discount code, put in Tate's Take. You see it there on the ticker there at the bottom, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E, for 15% off of your products. If you got questions, I'll answer them for you. If I don't have answers, I will get answers for you. You definitely want to go and check out those products. And I think that's pretty much going to sum everything up uh, for us here on today. Again, appreciate all of you who have watched. Uh, for those of you who have already subscribed, thanks to Mike DeCourcy again for coming on and joining the program. Uh, make sure that you go and follow along on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, hashtag, that's where basketball lives. Also, uh, be sure to subscribe anywhere that you find your favorite podcast. Tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your baby mama, tell your friends, tell your enemies where they can find the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and of course, the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. I might even actually give out one of these. I don't know. Shout out to uh, Felice, uh, my cousin's wife, who hooked me up with some of these. I forget, uh, what, is, what are these things called? The... Uh, uh, like the, like the Yeti cups type deal. Got me some take, take ones. Those are pretty dope. Pretty awesome. Go and follow, uh, Felice minor. She can hook you up, jump in the DM real quick and she can hook you up with some pretty awesome swag and customize some different things. So we're just doing a little bit of a uh, pretty awesome promotion and things like that. So appreciate everybody for checking it out. Um, again, don't save the conversation for the local sports bar. Don't save uh, the local uh, conversation for the local barbershop either. My dude Jarvis checking us out right now because you know that we stream live on YouTube as well as on Twitch, as well as on Periscope. As you can see, that's what he's on right now. Um, uh, YouTube, all that good stuff. Make sure you go and subscribe. Leave us up to a five-star rating. Uh, also, can uh, feel free to leave us a review if you really enjoy this podcast. It means a lot to this guy right here saying he messed with those exotics products. My dude, JD, 
That's my dude right there saying what's up about them Falcons. I don't know. You know I'm a college basketball dude, so I don't know if he's talking about uh, the Air Force Falcons or uh, uh, which direction, the, the Bowling Green Falcons. I don't know, but I would imagine he means the Atlanta Falcons. Go check him out as well as a really awesome podcast called Fill in the Blanks with Tanisha Batiste for all of your football needs. Appreciate everybody for that's jumped in and joined us on the set on the show, on the segment here today. Enjoy those NBA playoffs. And last but certainly not least, 15 minutes after every single uh, night of the NBA playoffs have uh, concluded, we call it the final buzzer, 15 minutes after the final game of the NBA playoffs, we always do a recap, got some pretty awesome people, Raphael Haynes from Three Point Conversion joining us on today, uh, and we'll be following that up with some pretty awesome guests as well, so make sure that you go and check that out, and looking forward to seeing all you guys there, appreciate it, and thanks for joining.